A cast of thousands. We did it the opposite way. Well, that's okay. Well, let's keep going. I'm Alozier. And I'm Gilly. (laughs) And thanks for listening, y'all. We're the podcast about podcasts. We're ready to give you some podcast recommendations and yeah. Yeah. Talk to you about latest episodes we've listened to as well as some that are new to you, new to me. Yes. Yes. Sounds good. And hopefully new to you guys too. And off the top, I just want to thank everyone again for sending in your recommendations and still getting to those, but really appreciate it. And please keep them coming. Yes, do. Castopods at gmail.com. Thank you. (laughs) So do you want to start with your recommendation? Sure. I see your finger poised over your phone. (laughs) I I have my finger poised on the timer because we talked about getting our recommendations done by 20 minutes or so into the podcast. So. That's fair. I challenge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm saying it like it was. I wasn't like, yeah, yeah, we need to get it. <laughs> some of us are fast talkers. Yeah, and some of us kind of ramble. <laughs> <laughs> and both are great. Yeah. So I last week I set a timer for us, and I'm going to do the same. Yeah, this that's week. a good work. So, okay. Yeah, let's let's do it again. Excellent. Let's okay, I'm hitting start. <laughs> what was that? Uh, let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we had to, you had to wait till the end to hear singing, and this time oh, this you're true. singing you right up front. front. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. So, uh, was that the pointer sisters? The staple singers. I think. Anyway. Here we go. All right. Here we go. The timer is set. So today I thought I would bring a theme to my listening. What? <clears throat> it's true. <laughs> it was kind of unintentional, mm-hmm. but the theme is sort of – Self-help. Oh, okay, um, okay. So helping myself in yeah. the way that I just helped myself to the donuts that you brought today yeah, yeah. to the studio. <laughs> and the first episode I want to talk about is an episode of Hidden Brain, a mm. podcast that I really love. And it's hosted by Shankar Vedantam. I said it wrong. Shankar <laughs> Vedantam. But he says it quicker than yeah, that yeah. because it's his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's an NPR podcast. So the episode I listened to was called What Can a Personality Test Tell Us About Who We Are? Mm. And he started at a place that made me laugh. It was a Harry Potter <laughs> conve- fan convention <laughs> and nice. talked about how the sorting hat and the houses are very comforting to people because mm. we really like a sense of belonging. Oh, my gosh. And then he yeah. hit – he interviewed some kids about what <laughs> houses they were in. It was really adorable. He talked a little bit about astrology oh, and yeah. how we want to understand who we are and sort of put ourselves into these categories and there's great comfort in that. That's It's cool that he – I mean that they're so of a piece, you know. And right. so like that to, to actually bring those together and like identify those as, as you know, you know, common threads in the same cloth. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, no, that's, that's really cool. It was cool. And then he got into a bit about the Myers-Briggs type indicator, yep. the M <laughs> – I think I've just heard it called Myers-Briggs usually when people refer to Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. And it was interesting because the MBTI was constructed by a woman, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know, who Mm -hmm. was a Jungian scholar. And I'm very – I've always been kind of interested in Jung and symbols and archetypes Mm -hmm. and, you know, shadow sides and things like that. (laughs) So she was inspired by that and her daughter helped her develop the test. So Mm -hmm. her last name was Briggs. Her daughter's last name was Myers. And so Shankar got – kind of deep and talk to some different people who'd taken the test for work. Mm -hmm. 
and a psychologist who who feels that personality tests are a very negative thing and that they're sort of used as a tool to box people in mm-hmm. and, and then therefore impede diversity. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, get back to the part that people love them because mm-hmm. they like to learn about themselves <laughs> and they like to feel like, okay, you're a an ENTJ, <laughs> I'm an INTP, yeah. and that's why we work this way together. Yeah. So the last part of – It a lot on dating sites for some It does, too. right? Oh, and there was someone – no, there was someone on the podcast who said – he interviewed and she said she puts it right in her profile and she mm. says like – Whatever, I-N-J-F or whatever it is, look and looking for and the type she's looking for. She's <laughs> yeah. like, I have had success in this area. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's an algorithm. Right. Right. Use. I know. And it's – it's. And what does it mean? Yeah. I don't know. And we'll get in – I'll get into a little bit of the I and the E in, oh, okay. in the next podcast I'm talking about. Right. Um, but the last section was about Chinese astrology oh, and okay. how people use it as like a success predictor. Uh, and yeah, that right. was a really cool thing too. Uh. focused on one person and his parents' expectations for him because he was born in – an auspicious year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I thought that was super <laughs> interesting. <a> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're a dragon. Well. <laughs> that, that was it. That actually was yeah. it. Spoiler. <laughs> but we haven't given anything away. It's a great It's oh. a great listen. So, oh, again, so. that's um, Hidden Brain. Well, I'm going to have to check that one out too. I, I was so, wondering what yeah. your Myers-Briggs uh, personality I, thing yeah, is. I, you don't I, know. I don't okay. Know yeah, I mean, I've taken it before. I, I think I did have to take it for a work thing once upon a time. So, yeah, probably the paperwork is somewhere in my pile of paperwork <laughs> that I need to shred <laughs> from, like, 1997. It's so funny because I was talking about personality tests last week, and I said, oh, I think they're really cool and fun. I think people like them. And he's like, I absolutely hate them. <laughs> so when I saw this pop up in my feed, I thought, yeah. wow, what a, like, you know, it's a timely thing for me to listen to. But You know, well, I was sorry to interject. No, that's it how it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, there's uh, it reminded the sorting hat part of it reminded me of an episode of Imaginary Worlds where they talk about the sorting hat. And mm. how that yeah, kind of you, so yeah. Deeply resonates yeah. I, I'm not sure if we, I mentioned that. one, but You I know did. I, I don't know if it was a that specific yeah. episode. Yeah. 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 But uh, definitely that would be a good one to sort of listen to in combination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, there was some, in- there was really interesting talk about the uh, discussion about how people kind of identify deeply with the houses and, you know, the consolation people get when they get sorted into a house they didn't want. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You know, in the test, of course, of beyond just taking it a bunch of different times to see if they can <laughs> game the system. Exactly. Someone t- actually talked about gaming the Myers-Briggs yeah. system too which yeah. is really funny <laughs> but I think it not only is it a sense of belonging mm-hmm. it's also a sense of explaining mm-hmm. your behaviors like well I mean the reason I do this is because I'm a sensor rather than a perceiver right, right, so right. I, you and know quote unquote science behind right, right, right. <laughs> which is I think it's about as much weight as the sorting <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so my my second podcast in this vein is the name, I think the name is kind of ridiculous, but it's called Secrets of the Most Productive People, and it's a podcast put out by Fast Company, the magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I have Pocket on my browser, so mm-hmm. it's, it yeah. recommends articles to me, and for some reason, it always recommends these sort of businessy success articles. And that's well, uh, right. I'm such a you know, yes. Put you in your pantsuit. And- that's right. Right now, <laughs> I'm wearing a pantsuit, rainy Sunday, but my hair is. <laughs> Flat ironed, yes. so straight straightened. 
So it's it's Fast Company's deputy editor, Kate Davis, and an assistant editor whose name is Anissa Purasari Horton. And it's kind of about like how to work smarter instead of harder. Mm-hmm. All these buzzwords that yeah. I've been told not to use. Um, <laughs> but the episode I listened to first was myths about introverts and extroverts. Mm-hmm. So it was in line with the Hidden Brain episode. Totally. And there were just some fun facts in there. Like in a meeting of 10 people, three people tend to do the most talking. (laughs) So you have to make space for extroverts to talk. So maybe a good idea is to kind of brainstorm, look over the agenda quietly. Everyone does that themselves. And then you have the meeting. (laughs) I think there's just been a lot of talk about like introverts have been neglected and we need to pay more attention and they're valuable too. And as someone who's traditionally been – I know I've thought of myself as an extrovert, (laughs) although I hate like networking working activities and things like that. I'm like, I mean, whoever said introverts weren't useful. It's I think the idea that extroverts are charismatic leaders, so there's no way an introvert could be a good boss. Like, I've yeah. never heard that in my life, but that was sort of what the podcast was touching on, like mm-hmm. introvert power. Yeah, well, um, again, the algorithms are shorthands that people use that, you know, as soon as you kind of sort of think you have one nailed down, it's like, bing, exception, exception, exception. Exactly, exactly, Yeah. And they also talked about how being shy and being introverted are not the same thing, which I've read about Mm -hmm. a little bit. And then I listened to a second episode of theirs. Their podcast is nice. It's like 20 minutes, so it's a bit bite-sized. And I feel like it – like I I took good stuff from it even though it is kind of like reading an article in in Fast Company or Harvard Business Review kind of thing. Right, (laughs) right. So the other one I listened to is called How to Train Your Brain to Be More Resilient to Failure. And I really liked that one a lot. Kind of talking about challenging yourself on a daily basis even Mm. if they're just small challenges Mm -hmm. like today I will eat a piece of fruit, you know, and then writing out your feelings and thoughts to manage your own fear and Mm -hmm. coming up with some coping strategies strategies. They gave one example about, you know, a moment of rejection or failure at work where you can't find the space to express your discomfort with that failure. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not supposed to cry at work and you're not supposed to. No crying right, right. <laughs> you're not supposed baseball. to get angry. So she talked a bit about putting the rejection in a box and, yeah. and then returning to it to it later, you know, mm. venting to the right people, finding right. a community. I really, I liked it a lot. That's, I liked that episode fun. a lot. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Check that. It makes me think of, you've been watching, have you been watching Jeopardy? this past? I have not. No. Oh, okay. Well, I've been texting you about the guy. Yeah, no, no. I've been, that's the thing. I've been reading about Jeopardy, but I yeah. haven't been watching Jeopardy. Well, well so the, the current champion is like, has, has been on like a two week, at least episode run and has amassed over 1.5 million and he is by trade a sports gambler yes. a sports better and one of the things that he was saying is that like he's part of his winning strategy is to like gamble big to yes. hunt for the the jeopardy the daily double, doubles the, da- the daily doubles yeah and I don't know what I was about to call them, Jeopardy doubles. <laughs> anyway, he's hunting for Jeopardy the, jackpot. <laughs> exactly. Got to have the alliteration. <laughs> so he's hunting for the daily doubles and then betting huge. Yeah. And part of, you know, how he's able or at least trained himself to, to bet that large is that he's been kind of, you know, because he's a sports better, right. sports gambler, he's 
kind of gotten accustomed to, you know, losing, to, to right. betting and then, right. you know, knowing that, okay, there's a potential for loss and, you know, you got to put that aside and then still, you know, work on, work your strategy, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, to see how it's winning for him and that he's betting huge and like, and he, you know, he's gotten hit a few times. He's like gone in the negative. I saw him going in the negative and I was like, I was going to come back from that. And, uh, yep. Bang. He's been, uh, you know, kept his cool and stayed on top of it. So right. being able to manage loss to manage failure. And, right. Uh, and if you're used to it, mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine that being used to failing and, and taking risks is, mm-hmm. is like a, an exercise. Right? right. So I don't feel like I necessarily have the muscles to manage. It, it, they, they brought it on the podcast. They kind of brought up that some people – take the safe route because uncertainty makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like in some ways I do, I do yeah. that because, yeah. you know, I've had this job for a long time. I feel very comfortable. I love my coworkers and mm-hmm. my coworkers come and go. And I've sort of been here for a while, but I take a lot of risks in other areas right. of my life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if you have a passion for something, you can lean into this discomfort a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think he's like, what do I have to lose? You know, right. what do I have to lose? Money, yeah. fame. He's 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 <laughs> like lost and won a million. It's like when right. people, this is the third house or tenth house someone's bought. They're not going to lose sleep over it the way you, you lose sleep over buy buying your first, your first house if you're <laughs> going to totally. buy a house at all. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, totally. it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Awesome. So those are my. Mine those for this good. week. Yep. Yeah. And okay. I've cut into your time significantly. Nah, but keep I, the yeah, timer going. Yeah. We'll keep it going. Just, okay. Just to see how we do. Yes, yeah. Shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week, well, my recommended episodes from this past uh, listening period. I'll start with uh, there's a, the Ezra Klein show, which is uh, through Vox. He did an interview with David Brooks. The title of it's The Disillusionment of Dave, David Brooks. And that was uh, released on May 2nd. And David Brooks is a conservative political commentator. Yeah. He's um, he was on the, I believe he was on the National Review for, at one point, and then he would appear regularly on the PBS NewsHour. I think they did Brooks and Dunn, so he would mm-hmm. pair with that Brooks and Shields. Familiar Brooks and Shields. I think. No, Brooks are you thinking Dunn of Brooks be. Shields? No, no. <laughs> That's a, it was, okay. Nothing yeah, yeah. comes between her and her, her Calvin. <laughs> Even political, even conservative social commentary. (laughs) Well, especially. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, he would, anyway, political conservative commentator who was, uh, you know, basically, you know, kind of had a recent sort of conversion moment in terms of, like, really, you know, going through some changes in his life that mm. really, you know, made him, th- and, and I think with also with the current political climate, really made him think about, like, where does he stand politically? Where does he stand in terms of his philosophy and its sort of centrality to, you know, his life and to, and also, you know, in the state, how, how central these things should be to others. And so he really spent... <clears throat> He wrote an article about it, I believe, in the New Yorker. So, um, and I've uh, kind of skimmed it, but I have to go back and actually mm. reread it. But the discussion he had with uh, Ezra Klein was really fascinating because he really talked about how he kind of, you know, went out of his way to, you know, sort of work with people who have been in kind of like have been looking at other modes of happiness like he's been very career driven and mm-hmm. has been kind of a careerist which 
actually, as our client did a previous show, a previous episode of his show about like careerism and mm. that sort of pursuit of happiness in terms of deep identification with your career and and sort of an over identification with your career as sort of a pathway to happiness and yeah. like, and and sort of the pitfalls of that. It's sort of not most people we know, I'd say, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, well, but there there are folks. It depends. I, I mean, it depends. I think there are a lot of. I, I think there are a lot of. You folks know what? I'm taking that back. Yeah. I'm taking that back. <laughs> we know some folks, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I think I and I think you know in general we all know people or have people in our lives who are very centered in that way or have been and have had to go through that shift themselves in terms of priorities and sure. in terms of like being able to find themselves in their lives, especially, you know, I mean, you know, mid forties now, mm -hmm. but you know, I know folks who've been hitting, uh, you know, myself included, but hitting, you know, around the 40 ish age and, and sort of looking and reevaluating like, what are the things that I've prioritized here? Right. You know, right. So anyway, Brooks found himself in a place in his life, and he started looking at people who have been doing more altruistic work and who have been working in sort of either community organizing or prioritizing things like fostering kids and mm -hmm. or working with programs for mm -hmm. you know, bettering their communities. And, and this is, you know, given he has access, he's you know, gone to different parts of the country and you know different parts of the world to you know to really seen observed and even you know spent some substantial time with people who are working in these spaces and and with people who don't necessarily share his political beliefs or mm -hmm. or, or look like him for that matter. Mm -hmm. so it was really interesting hearing him talk about it and really kind of having a sort of coming to grips with you know the centrality of you know, work the centrality of that sort of idea of happiness of, and of political beliefs in our lives and even seeing like you know essentially he <laughs> he started kind of making the case against capitalism and what? we're talking about david brooks that's here. wild yeah. yeah that's heavy you know yeah. and, and and to to think of somebody who had been like a longtime conservative commentator really being critical and really quit critically questioning you know the the value and utility of you know of capitalism in and not as a sort of wash it all away kind of thing mm -hmm. because, you know, you spent time, you know, you said you sp I spent my time in college as a socialist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But knowing that there can be phases and cycles where. Wait, did you just, he spent his time in college as a socialist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, like, well, I'm a reformed socialist, blah, blah, yeah. <laughs> kind of that, that sort of thing, uh, or, you know, recovered hippie, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> my yeah. eye rolls are audible. Right exactly. Now, I imagine, you know, and I'm, yeah, I feel them in my heart because mm. I, I was doing the same thing. thing. But to, to be true, he, I mean, I think he really is, you know, was considering it more from a, you know, to have these strident sort of philosophical beliefs and clinging to them as part of our identity versus looking them as like what is the tool that's appropriate at this particular you know point you know inflection point at this particular time the confluence of events and sort of you know threads in society you know economic uh, mm -hmm. situation and so sure. forth you know maybe this is you know there are times where you know maybe a more you know a, a more uh, you know uh, social network or or socialist, <laughs> you know, kind of approach can be more helpful sure. than the say, you know, the the liberalization of the economy, you know, at, that is, you know, that country and that companies have had a kind of approach. So, anyway, it was really 
interesting, thoughtful conversation. And I think it's it's one of those things where, especially with the sort of polarity of our political climate right now, it was really good to hear somebody, you know, like Ezra Klein and, and, and like David Brooks, you know, both, you know, kind of a liberal mm-hmm. uh, intellectual and conservative intellectual sort of finding how they're meeting in the middle in many ways and really kind of looking at, you know, as we see these polar extremes, how they're kind of ripping the country, <laughs> pulling the country in different directions. Here's where, you know, the fibers really connect. And this is where, you know, this is a space where we can consider how much we have in common. Okay. So that I'm just like, it's not a great people on both sides. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, 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 not, not in the least. No, okay. it's, it's because the, that and that's the other part of it. I mean, you know, Brooks is looking at like where the conservative movements going. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's our time. No, no, it's <laughs> not. It's definitely doing? not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but no, he's looking at where conservatism has gone, and it's like, you know, I'm not recognizing what we have here in this moment. This is not, you know, basically this is not what I signed up for. This is mm-hmm. not what a lot of, you know, folks who are, you know, commonality with have signed up for. However, he's looking at, like, yeah, and I'm seeing how, you know, certain swaths of conservatives are saying, okay, well, you know, I'll turn a blind eye to it because I'm getting my particular gender across. And he's like, no, this is, this is what's damaging. So, I mean, it was really good to see him like kind of grappling with that and saying, you know, as, as, you know, folks who are calling themselves conservative really have to grapple with the damage that's being done to, uh, you know, the country by, you know, what's going on. Right. And, you know, from the top level leadership of the country on down. So, so yeah, not a, there's good people on both sides kind of thing. Okay. It's really like, no, we have a lot more in common than we will let ourselves see because of the uh, polar, because of the polarization. Instead of chanting, yay team, go, you know, right, go right, Bucks. No, right. no, go, go Pats. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Instead of doing that, we need to be saying, hey, let's, you know, yeah, we all love this. You know, right, and, right. And we want to keep this thing going. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. There, but, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> no, it sounds like a good conversation yeah. to yeah. like listen in on. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, yeah. you know, no, no, so no, uncomfortable I, I, around. I, I, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I've heard attempts at this kind of conversation sure. before. I think that's that, why uh, I'm squeamish, a little squeamish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. This, this, I mean, this is. I, I feel like Ezra Klein's no dummy. No, super <laughs> smart. He's, uh, I mean, he's had folks on who, you know, he's actually, I've heard him in conversation with folks who themselves have kind of made me cringe, but then he's like kind of yeah. on them to like, hey, you know, let, let's keep this honest. <laughs> really. And, and the interesting thing was he was really kind of sort of when, uh, you know, there are certain points where David Brooks, that David Brooks was making and he was like, oh, Sounds like you're almost making a case against capitalism here, huh? You're like, well, <laughs> and so he was kind of able to tease that out, which yeah. I thought, okay, yeah, you know, that's, it's, you know, it's cool. So anyway, yeah, good conversation. All right, I cool. No I'm in, I'm out. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got two more. I'll uh, talk about, and, yeah, how are we doing? Yeah, we're. We're, we're worried about. Yeah. We need to get a producer in here who's yeah. like, chop, <laughs> chop, okay. yep, yep, move that along. <laughs> totally. Well, the second one was, it was actually a very short 
episode of a podcast that's also new to me called Becoming Wise. It's hosted by Krista Tippett, who also does the On Being podcast. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. On Being. Uh, yeah, yeah, On Being is on my phone downloaded right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've listened to episodes here and there of On Being, and I hadn't heard of the Becoming Wise before, but then I think I saw it on, like, my the front page of my mm-hmm. podcast. So I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to become wise. <laughs> so, it's uh, just this easy. <laughs> In seven minutes steps. a day. <laughs> <laughs> you too can become <laughs> yeah. So this particular episode, they actually started a new season. And uh, so they have a few episodes out now for the new season. This one, that the one that I listened to was actually from their previous season, which ended like, about three years ago. So this is from July 25th, 2016. And it was a discussion she had with S. James Gates. He's a professor, actually here at Brown, a professor of uh, the Ford Foundation Professor of Physics. And he was speaking, uh, the, actually the topic was Einstein speaks to us about race. Ooh. So they looked at uh, some of Einstein's writings and, and the work he did while he was alive you know, with respect to racial equality and and really uh, pushing, you know, support for uh, integration because at the time, you know, the country was still very segregated, and right? Polarized, and 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 you know, Jim, you know, Jim Crow was in effect still. So, an example they gave is a story. I believe it was Marian Anderson came to Princeton mm-hmm. to sing, mm-hmm. um, to perform, and because. The hotels, all the hotels in in Princeton, you know, did not allow uh, black people to stay. Einstein invited her to stay in his home, and so mm-hmm. she stayed in his home while he sang. Uh, uh, she sang at the university, and he, you know, spoke out uh, fervently about, um, you know, uh, you know, basically against sort of racism, white supremacy, and mm-hmm. basically kind of looking at it from. And, and the way they're, they were discussing how, like, why would he particularly be predisposed to talk about sure. these issues and to really kind of fight, fight against. So in addition to being, you know, a Jewish intellectual in mm-hmm. Germany, you know, in, in, uh, you know, during the Nazi era and, and escaping, right. you know, he, being a theoretical physicist, you know, uh, uh, Professor Gates made the, made the connection that, you know, his life is spent asking what if questions. Right. His life is spent sort of trying to imagine how, you know, you know, to, to place himself in a different space and imagine how things can be. How it could that, be. How right. it could be in right. this hypothetical circumstance and so forth. So, you know, he using those same tools to apply to empathy, to apply that, you know, to apply towards empathy right. and to logic or illogic of things like, you mm-hmm. know, social ills, so racism and, and uh, discrimination, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, he is able to articulate very uh, you know, fervently and I think, um, you know, you know, and, and, you know, really with this heart about, um, you know, how these, how the, that present reality didn't need to be and how frankly illogical it was mm-hmm. and so um and so I, I thought that was you know a really powerful statement both to know that you know uh someone whose intellect we revere mm-hmm. <laughs> like whose whose name is the you know synonymous right with genius or you know, right right yeah. It, it, hey, know. Einstein. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yes, I am, you know, an advocate for Actually. racial equality and, you know. <laughs> or, he yeah. does equal MC squared. <laughs> In fact, yeah. 
My um, hair looks like this on purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bought one of the, I bought the same suit all the time so I don't have to think about what I'm wearing. I do think that's kind of brilliant. I mean, I know that's like an Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> well, uh, who they all uh, get remnant from. of Steve Steve Jobs yeah. but yeah, I mean it's, they all got it from him, and he dressed way better than me. He did. did. I was just going to say, no black turtlenecks for Einstein. with it. He had the yeah. hat and everything. Yep. No, yeah. Crazy hair. And, you know, go Einstein. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> that swag. And he was dripping. <laughs> dripping yeah. in swag. But, yeah, the, the, I, I think it was. it's a very short episode. I think it was like, uh, I, I'm... I think it was under 10 minutes, but... Uh, so shorter than this podcast. Shorter than this podcast. Shorter <laughs> than my explanation about specific <laughs> podcast. But uh, it was a fantastic listen. I really, I, I felt like, you know, it really made me think again about like the Seeing uh, the seeing White series on Seen on Radio. Yeah. And uh, just kind of, again, how important, like... I don't think is. we can stress enough how... I'm sorry, I cut you oh, off. Oh, no, no, no. How... How important seeing white yeah, is yeah. as a series. Yeah. I've gone out of my way to recommend it to people. In fact, to recommend it to strangers. Some of them in our leadership, uh, city, state, and yeah. you know, as well. Yeah, I mean, just to say that you know, I really think that you know, it's one of the most important pieces of media that have been you know created in the past few years. Yeah, um, you know, that along with things like the new Jim Crow and. Mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so many other really powerful you know, pieces of comment on society. So this, I mean, was so condensed, but it was just a sharp kind of look at you know th- this, but you know, through through the eyes of this this person who we think we know in one way has uh, you know this whole you know other part other part of him that is, is you know again so elevates him even higher, you know, as a human being, you know, so I thought, you know, it's really cool to hear, and it's really cool to hear, um, you know, James Gates, I mean, he's a theoretical <laughs> physicist, Yeah, talks about string theory, super strings, and super gravity, and a whole bunch of other shit I know nothing about. I know nothing <laughs> about those things. So like, what the oh, heck man. is super gravity? Oh, gosh, well, I mean, you know, it's, and to, and to, and he's that rare unicorn of, you know, the, yeah, the black person who's excelled in you know in his field in, in physics and, and been and recognized for it, yeah and recognized for it actively. yeah he's I, I can't like i only <laughs> I, I didn't even list all of the <laughs> the many <laughs> accolades and stuff that uh, uh beyond his name but he's you know i want to dig into his life and his yeah that's awesome i have a bunch of his uh sort of videos on like different science shows and stuff queued up in my youtube nice <laughs> so so yeah, uh, so this is you know well worth being wise. Uh, Einstein speaks about to us about race. Well worth checking out. Yeah, definitely yeah. gonna check that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got through four to each. Two each. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty, that is, for us. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we did pretty well. What what are we, are we doing now? We're oh, doing we're okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, do you have any new to me's you want to? Talk I do. Sure. I do. Mm-hmm. So someone reached out to me. It's actually someone I know. Full disclosure. Yeah. Um, yeah. about her podcast. Um, her name is Victoria Albina, mm-hmm. and she is a she has a master's in public health, and mm-hmm. she's an NP and nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. and she does life coaching, which I have yeah. a slight eye roll about life coaching, <laughs> but it, I mean it works for people. So who am I to shit on it? I go to therapy. It's pretty much the same thing, right? I yeah. don't know. It just sounds like 
I mean, yeah. I think there was a point in my life where I was like, I'd be a really good life coach. So I, I am a flip flopper, <laughs> much like John Kerry in the <laughs> 2004, 2004 election. election. Yeah, there's a good, a good yeah. story about John the Kerry being a flip flopper. <laughs> I just tell it really Changing quickly. Changing your ideas. What? With evidence? <laughs> my friend's <laughs> sister, my friend is from this family, huge family, not Victoria, not Vic, who I'm, whose podcast I'm about to talk about. This oh, is a different friend, oh, Carol. Sorry, sorry. And a uh, huge family, 11 kids, <laughs> and very divided politically. Like there's the kids who are super conservative, the kids who are very liberal. Wow, and it totally. <laughs> so when – you know, it was 2004 election. One of her sisters had put up a sign on their front lawn with like mm. a pair of flip flops. Like John Carrie is a flip flopper, and there were flip flops. And her brother John went, who's liberal, went outside and like ripped one of the flip flops off the sign and was like, "This sign is a waste of a perfectly good pair of flip flops." So I I always think about it when like I think about political differences yeah. with with family members. So I don't know. Back to. Feminist wellness. Perfectly good ways to flip flops. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfectly good argument. pair of flip flops. <laughs> so Victoria's podcast is called Feminist Wellness. Oh. And it's also like the 20 minute, 25 minute mark yeah. and all kinds of health topics and wellness topics. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking and I was like, gosh, there's so many good ones. And I want to check so many of them out. But I focused on one about boundaries because mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, it's like a big thing I think at work at home you know with your family and she was kind of explaining that you don't have to be mean to set a boundary setting a boundary is is you know a good thing it's actually could be a kindness (laughs) exactly so setting a boundary is not like it it's good for relationships yeah. for you to put up a boundary and not cave on that boundary creates a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with you mm-hmm. and the other person. Totally. And she gave some really good examples about you know, different kinds of boundaries. But one that she specifically was talking about was going to someone's home and they were pushing a kind of food on you. And mm-hmm. it's a food that is bad for your body. Mm-hmm. It's food that doesn't agree with you mm-hmm. or that you don't eat for whatever reason. Yeah. And you say, you know, I don't, I don't eat that. And, but then you feel like shame and guilt, especially as women. We're sort of conditioned to be like, Oh, I don't want to offend that person. I don't want to rock the boat. But if you do eat something that doesn't agree with you, you're going to feel crappy. And the person pushing it on you, like giving up your boundary to make them feel better, mm-hmm. is going to harm actually your relationship with them right. as well. Right. So that was a kind of a good way to frame it. That's great. Because, you know, food is the way that they express love and you're saying, well, I can't eat that food. Then they might see it as a rejection or you in your mind might see like, oh, they're going to feel like I'm rejecting them. And that's going to be a problem in our relationship. But but boundaries Mm -hmm. protect our relationships. And if you you can't manage other people, you can't manage the person who's insisting that you eat this Mm -hmm treat but you can manage yourself you can take care of yourself and uh she has an episode that's about uh future self-planning the role of neuroplasticity in your Mm. thinking and kind of like planning like what you want your future to look like Mm. so Mm. i'm looking forward to listening to that (laughs) and she's very like she's very got this very smooth voice i i wrote her and i was like you got a voice like butter it's very nice and (laughs) yeah but it's not the kind of podcast i usually listen to and i realized 
why i really like the energy mm-hmm. of multiple hosts i like a conversation i like yeah. discourse but for this kind of thing where it's like a i call it a learning something podcast <laughs> in the theme of helping myself the style really works yeah. and because yeah. it's it's you know victoria talking about a subject that she's very knowledgeable about you know, she puts out a transcript that's really easy to navigate on her website. So mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, I can go back and look at this oh, later right. if I need yeah, to. Yeah. And they're about all sorts of things, you know, health and wellness. There was one about leaky gut syndrome. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm not listening to that. But that's the joy of podcasts is that you can pick and choose. You can yeah. listen to one episode. You can listen to a ton. So what was it? <laughs> lady gut syndrome? <laughs> leaky gut syndrome. Oh, leaky gut <laughs> Lady Gut Syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting a new podcast called Lady Gut Syndrome. Lady Gut. That's a new band name. MC Lady Gut Syndrome. So that's feminist wellness. That sounds and, great. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cool. Good on your friend. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. yeah. Good production value, too. Yeah. Very right impressive. Right yeah. Did you have another one? Or? No, that's my new to me. That's your new Yeah. Name. Cool, cool. Right on. Well, I have I two. have tw- – I'm a Lucier <laughs> and I have 12 new to me. Uh, okay, I mean <laughs> – But luckily my voice is like a delicious donut. <laughs> Why, thank you, Gilly. Yes. <laughs> yes, so today I present the glazed uh, – honey glazed variety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> I'm making oh. voices for donut flavors now. This is where I am. <laughs> we're in a we're we are in a room with padded walls. So with padded walls, yeah. 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 With yeah. with a lot of sugar this from is the donuts true. in yeah. it. So, so yeah. we're bouncing yeah. off them a little yeah, bit, exactly. but it's safe. Yeah, yeah. If you hear a thunk, you know, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of us just <laughs> decided to bounce. It's just my uh <laughs> What is what did you say? <laughs> Not lady. lady it's just my lady guts. <laughs> it's just my lady guts. <laughs> it's just my lady guts. Syndrome. All right. All right. Uh, so new to me's, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have two. One of them, yeah, I've been hearing ads for it all along, and then I finally looked at the list of episodes. Out, <laughs> I thought, ooh, maybe I do want to listen to this. So, Disgraceland from oh IR yeah 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 hosted by Jake Brennan and he goes behind the headlines of uh, famous you know rock and roll stories. I've and, heard the know, ads for it a lot yeah, and been like, oh, I gotta go there and haven't gone there yet. So, so. yeah, the seamy underbelly of the music industry, <laughs> you know. Laid bare. <laughs> I'm sure it's shocking because I know I always thought like Led Zeppelin and Sex Pistols were mm. just exhibiting very healthy behavior. <laughs> Nothing yeah. seedy yeah. at all. But, mm, of course, that's, no fish know, stories. <laughs> but yeah, they. I mean, they get into it where he gets into what they are getting into, and you know, drugs, guns, cults, you oh. know, and of course, you know, we, we know about, you know, far too many of the suicides and then, you know, and then and, and worse murder. So, uh, there, there are some serious true crime stories in the world of the <laughs> music industry. So, and you can go down the list and see, mm. you know, like, you know, uh, yeah, so many names, you know, Jeremy Lewis, of course, and, mm-hmm. uh, there's, um, you know, both. Tupac and Suge Knight, uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, the you know, story of Death Row. The uh, episode I listened to was Rick James. <laughs> and I was just thinking about Rick James. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because there's a, 
I think I might have mentioned this series too. It's a there's a television series on Cinemax done by Mike Judge called um, Tales from the Tour Bus. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So the second season he did. The first season was about country western musicians mm. and like their you know tour bus and sort of you know, life on the road, you know, really kind of crazy <laughs> stories. And I think one of them is actually featured in uh, Graceland. <laughs> but then he also did an episode on Rick James. Touching on some of the stuff that was touched on in Disgraceland, but actually there was some other stuff that just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, Yikes. I did not know that yeah. <laughs> about his life. And, yeah. And of course, you know, you know, the headlines from later in his life, you know, with his, uh, you know. That's he, what I'm thinking about. But I'm sure there's. There, yeah, there was stuff. Yeah, there was stuff even before that that was just like, <laughs> that, you know, that, you know. He lived a life, <laughs> that man, and cocaine is a hell of a drug. So, yeah. <laughs> that famous Rick James mugshot is like, oh god, just, all, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> emblazoned him, like you know, you can't unsee it you once you've seen it. it. Oh no! So I mean, I think of like you know the Dave Chappelle episode and the, Char- <laughs> I'm the Rick story. James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Charlie Murphy was telling rest in peace, Charlie. And I mean, yeah, and that's like, I feel like anybody who has a Rick James story, that was like always just the tip of the iceberg. As yeah. crazy as that list of stories could possibly have been, that was only the tip of the iceberg with you know him and his life and stuff. So that was, I mean, I was thinking, I, I was kind of holding off on listening to the show because I was like, oh, this is just going to be totally voyeuristic. And yeah. Like, you know, VH1, like, uh, you know, the... the um, behind the music. Behind the music kind of thing. Which I got to plug the Courtney Love behind the music. It is <laughs> amazing. I mean, it's I haven't seen it in probably 10 years, but, but still, I just, it stuck out to me as, I was like, this woman was made for behind the music. I mean, and that, yeah, they, they had some, there were some classic episodes. Yeah. That so as much as I, you know, the sort of guilt sort of feeling of like the junk food no. <laughs> the junk foodie TV of it all. No. I don't know. I, 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 I can't feel bad. Way, well, maybe you can, but I, I don't. Mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I mean, if, I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, yeah, I actually did kind of, I really did dig it. So yeah. <laughs> I kind of yeah. missed it. And this Graceland kind of scratches that itch and goes beyond. Awesome. He really, really goes in deep on, on the stories. And, and the good thing, I, I guess the the sad good thing about it is that, or the good sad thing about it is that, you know, I remember when Rick James had gone to trial and you heard the story, you know, he kept, you know, kept the woman captive yeah. and, and, and they basically, you know, drugged her and oh. you know, thing. You hear that, you heard that story on the news and it was, again, very sort of sensational, mm-hmm. you know, rock star goes to jail, da, 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 or goes to court and, and it was told from a kind of prurient kind of, uh, Standpoint and, and very sensational, very sort of look at this, or you know, oh, even if it was very lascivious, sort of and, and voyeuristic in mm-hmm. that sense. And I mean, he does go into the depth of the story and really kind of is that you know, lays out this is what happened, this is what happened, yeah, to the person, this is you know, here's her yeah, career before, yeah, because she was a no, life. she was a person, that's yeah, like the yeah. thing that I struggle with with all you know, all kinds of mm. true crime yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's often like the vic- the victim was a was a bubbly you know everyone loved her and then mm. that's all you have it, or yeah. like the mother of three right. or you have like she was a and they don't even use sex worker but mm. like she was a hooker who yeah, you know yeah. it's just like 
a way to turn people into archetypes and mm-hmm. and dismiss the fact that someone was harmed or, or killed a per- was, and that yeah, that, that yeah. was a person yeah, right yeah, yeah. so i think people are a little bit more mindful of things yeah. like that today yeah. but um, i felt like i felt like he did a good job in sort of bringing that out in the right. story so it wasn't just like hey look at rick James, he's crazy waka waka like yeah sorry Sorry to bring Fozzie Barron. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know? I like that he's crazy waka waka. It's like a yeah, no, yeah. but that's a that's a yeah. thing people yeah. do instead yeah. of like looking at the real looking story. Like, yeah. You know, that is something I like on like mm-hmm. my favorite murder mm-hmm. is that they they do go into the history of the person who committed the crime. Yeah, and usually it's like they had this head injury or mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. you know th- they were abused or right. they you know bounced around from home to home and yeah. so yeah. you know there's. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that—that's the other video. So yeah, looking at his life too. I right, mean, he, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they talked about his life, you know, growing up. And, right. You know, you know, basically mob working for the mob and stuff like Ooh. that. So yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah All right, Disgraceland. Yeah. So check out Disgraceland. That's uh, again my Heart Radio uh, <laughs> podcast series. So. And the other one I had mentioned, I, I know I've talked about the podcast itself before, but they have a new season up or a new season just got started. So Dissect, uh, Dissect Podcast with Cole Kushner. They're in season four now, and each season they do he does a deep dive into a particular album and kind of goes through sort of song by song. Each episode feature, focuses on a song from the album and really kind of takes it apart and looks at it as both the work itself but also kind of the creators the the creators history and like their sort of you know point in their career kind of their relation to mm-hmm. what's going on in life and society at the moment so he's done he did a season with uh Kendrick Lamar to Pimple Butterfly that mm-hmm. was the first one the second season was Kanye West to my beautiful dark mm-hmm. twist and fantasy and then the third season was Frank Ocean's entire oeuvre, mm. and um, oeuvre. which was fantastic. And then uh, he did a mini season, uh, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. So good, that, such that, an amazing album, incredible album. Yeah, like, the story behind it. One, a mutual friend of ours, you know, who actually grew up in Newark, you know, mm. had told told me about sort of what was going on behind the scenes of that album and sort of the story behind it. Yeah. You know, the relationship story. Oh. By, uh, but then that basically, the the series basically laid it bare and kind of song by song kind of dissected what her, what she was processing in, in writing these songs and how it kind of tied back to her relationship and the history with the Fugees and all that. Yeah, yeah. And so this season is about Tyler, the creator, and his album Flower Boy. So, you know, Tyler, the creator, is, you know, definitely a controversial, polarizing figure in music and hip-hop because, you know, his early stuff, you know, hyper, you know, is kind of that sort of adolescent kind of hyper-masculine sort of hyper, mm-hmm. well, not even hyper-misogynistic. Hyper I was going to say <laughs> and, masculine yeah, or misogynistic. It was like hyper-misogynistic and hyper-homophobic uh, uh, and so in so much so that you know his lyrics got him banned from performing in mm-hmm. the UK, and I think uh, he was barred entry. He was barred entry to the UK, and I think he was banned from performing in Australia or something like that too. 
And this was, <laughs> uh, it was actually when he tried to go later in his career, they were calling him back, calling back to those earlier pieces and said, no, it can't, yeah, kind of thing. And on his third album, it wasn't well received and mm. such. So by, and he was, you know, also kind of dealing with both the response, but also with his own life and, and uh, kind of, you know, going from, you know, just being a basic kid in L.A. Uh, and, uh, you know, not definitely not wealthy, not anywhere near wealthy, you know, working class mm-hmm. to, you know, being, you know, wealthy, well-known and having, you know, following the folks, but also dealing with, you know, his sexuality and like, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, actually, you know, it was kind of, it, and, and over the, that started coming out to, yeah. um, or, or at least showing, you know, uh, coming out more to his fans and to, you know, those around him. And, um, you know, the response of those around him beforehand, because, you know, he, it's the, uh, his crew, you know, uh, brought out uh, acts like Earl Sweatshirt. Well, Frank Ocean was also mm-hmm. part of the crew. Uh, the Internet, the man, the Internet, and Sid the Kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were a part of that. I don't know who Earl Sweatshirt is, but that's an amazing name. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that were someone's real name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, Earl sweatshirt here, <laughs> but definitely the play on the you know eight mile rule. Right, right, right. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it would be a great newscaster named Earl Sweatshirt <laughs> for Ten Action News. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, going to be in concert in uh, near in uh, yeah, not too long. Oh, yeah, cool. About a week and a half, I think. Yeah, but anyhow, you know how they all you know kind of they all came into their own and so the collective were you know kind of you know what did it mean to be a collective at that point what did his leadership mean and kind of how he had to sort of bring up his own work his own art and, and own identity and really instead of playing with the you know still i mean instead of courting controversy and stuff really coming into being a, a fully sensitive you know you know or, or fully sensing and you know really putting vulnerability out there and stuff and really talking about real life in his work. And it's, it's been interesting listening to him because like, Oh, you know, he's kind of you know, listening to the story of somebody really kind of evaluating themselves and sure. sort of going through a transformation. Yeah. There. So I've been digging, I've been digging the episode so far. And uh, so it's out on all platforms, but it's also it's produced by Spotify, so I think you can oh. get the episodes a week earlier on Spotify mm. if you listen there versus other, you know, hmm. you know general podcast platforms. So. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth. I mean, the cool thing about that series too is like the first episode is always like the history of that artist. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that because even if it's somebody like you know, I hadn't really considered before. Um, yeah, yeah, then or didn't know as much right, about right, as I right. wanted to. It's kind of like a digest, of, like you get kind of like a half hour, an hour long digest of their you know career up till the point of that particular. And hour. for me, with it, it seemed like sometimes I'm like, okay, once I get the narrative, once I get their life story, then mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh no, I want to hear all about this. Right, right. But right. without that, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that yeah. I'd want to dig in. Yeah. So that's no, that's I, great. Seems like a good format. Yeah, no, he does a great job on the show. I, I really, yeah, I, I really enjoy. Uh, I've been enjoying that series since uh, since I first <laughs> got onto it with the first season. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So 
yeah, that's uh, those are my new to me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool. So uh, those are good stuff. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, got to share those. Yeah. yeah. And now that I've done a sort of a, a healthy self care podcast run, I think I can maybe listen to some junk food for the years. <laughs> Feel yeah. good about it. No, I'm on a couple donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little get a little trashy in yeah. the next next week or so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was wondering if you heard the story on the Daily Zeitgeist about the parrot named Freddy Krueger. I'm completely obsessed with this, and I mean, I won't tell the whole story because because you know I don't want to deny anyone the joy of, of you know they're hearing it on the Daily Zeitgeist. But I mean, there's an article in the it's in the Guardian, and it's just about this. Parrot that's had, I mean, he was, he got in a, a shootout between Brazilian drug oh, dealers and yeah. the cops. Uh-huh. And then he was like attacked by a snake and then he was bird napped. Oh, and he just had all these like horrible things happen to him. <laughs> and he's been such a resilient parrot. And <laughs> I I listened to the Daily Zeitgeist and I came home. I like burst in the door. And it's pouring down rain. I'm soaked. And I was like, Guy, you have to hear this thing about a parrot. <laughs> and then I sent the link to my sister. I sent the link to my what? brother. I was like, oh, my gosh, this parrot. So my brother's oh like, my I didn't hear about that on the Daily Zeitgeist, but this is extremely familiar. I think I heard about it on a different podcast. I'm like, how many podcasts are between the two of us, my brother and I, are we listening to that we know the story of the same parrot named Freddy Krueger, which seems like a mean thing to name a parrot, but especially a parrot who was like disfigured from being shot, but – I mean, if the parrot were like a murderer wearing a glove (laughs) and then had its like – Parrot talons hanging out (laughs) of the glove. Oh gosh, yeah. Because the parrots don't need fake nails like Freddy Krueger had. That's true. Yeah, they got them built in. (laughs) (laughs) It's the the. It's funny because I think that episode. I probably. I think I woke up, started playing the episode, and was kind of laying in bed listening to it, and so. I remember it now as you're talking about yeah. it, but I think I was incorporating it into a dream or like not. That's having definitely like happened to me. Like, huh, are they really talking about a parrot that got shot? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it was a good oh, one. Oh, gosh. I'm going to yeah, have to go back to that and like actually <laughs> dig into that story now. Cause, yeah. And he's doing okay now. So Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's, doing let's, well. Let's, uh, yeah. 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 Let's uh, all send our love and healing thoughts to Freddy Krueger the parrot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I had a dream this morning right before I woke up where I was – someone was interviewing Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about – Game of Thrones, and he was saying he didn't think that uh, the person who killed the Night King should have been the one that how they, you know, it should have been a male character who killed the Night King. And I was like, fuck this guy, (laughs) fuck this guy. I'm not, I'm not voting for him. In my, in my dream, I was like watching this interview of him talking shit about Arya Stark, and I was like, 
fuck you, Mayor Pete. And then I was like, wow, I've got some stuff going on. I mean, obviously great excitement about Game of Thrones yeah. and and the yeah. 2000, you know, 2020 presidential election. But how did they get the mixed up in there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Retroactive spoiler alert. Yeah, we can put it in like spoiler alert at if you've made it almost an hour in. <laughs> then, yeah. <clears throat> um, or maybe we can take it out. Who knows? Who fine. needs to know about my dreams? <laughs> no, I think Who cares about my dreams? I mean, you know, this might actually you know, tip the scales and turn the tide of the election. You know, it's oh my gosh, imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was gonna vote for him, and then I heard. <laughs> oh man, well, yeah, actually, yeah, in terms of stuff going on in the world, <laughs> or you know, that you've been obsessing over in podcasts, well. Since you just took a bite of a donut, I'll tell you took a tiny bite. <laughs> well, I've been, uh, you know, in addition to all the other stuff, or I guess along with the usual stuff, everybody's been talking about Avengers Endgame. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I've been kind of digging into podcasts or talking about that. There's one, Nerdificent, that I, you know, I've really gotten to like as i've been listening to it over time they've uh they did a really good deep dive into um uh avengers at endgame and their guest is a writer who actually did a really good article she she uh mentioned it on the episode and i went back and actually uh, found it and read it but a really good article about uh avengers endgame and kind of it's sort of the way it discusses kind of or impacts people who are say either dealing with depression or oh. or and and talking about failure and resilience and failure kind of thing and you know the way the film kind of touches on discussing that because huh. uh, I mean I didn't, not, I'm not putting that <clears throat> in my memory of the movie I'm like <clears throat> how does that connect connection right. get me but that just means I have to check out the article yeah 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 so not spoiling anything in the movie I mean any if you Spoiler for Infinity War, you know that, you know, the snap happened and that they are recovering, you know, they're spending Avengers Endgame tours for trying to recover from the snap or, you know, the snapping and like trying to. And if know. you haven't watched any Avengers, you. You probably don't care. No, you don't care. <laughs> so you're probably like, why are you, what are you. What is the snap? I, I don't under, understand any of these words. <laughs> I have to say, not, I'm going to let you finish. Um <laughs> I fell asleep for 15 minutes during the Avengers movie. And when I woke up, I was like, I I missed a key plot point. But that was – it all turned out okay in the end. Yeah. But it's pretty funny because I was sitting there with you guys and I was like, wait, what? Uh, Who? How did that get over there? What's uh, (laughs) – wait, how did they get there? Anyway, yeah. 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 So I I can't remember the – guest's name or the title of the article so i'll add it to the show yeah. notes but uh yeah i thought huh that you know just a really thoughtful take on it and just their take on the film like the discussion they had was really good that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no so. i like kind of looking at pop culture things mm-hmm. through you know this lens of like psychology or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like where they fit in into the zeitgeist mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah you don't since yeah, you, know, you don't hear that so yeah. often, especially like something that you know it's a comic book and it's a comic book movie. Which actually, there was another podcast I listened to. Uh, <laughs> well, Wisecrack, um, they do the Show Me the Meaning podcast about and, and movies uh, that uh, Show Me the Meaning. 
<laughs> you know that song? Who is that? Backstreet Boys. Oh, uh, yeah, that's why I don't know. Yeah, yeah probably better for uh, not knowing it. You know, I kind of stopped after a new edition. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't actively back. listening to Backstreet Boys. <laughs> no, tease it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the they mentioned something in that, like, uh, people complain about, oh, you know, these movies, you know, they have the fan service, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and, and they're saying, you know, the fact that these movies actually exist is fan service. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that uh, you know, these movies exist because there are comic book fans in the world who have been dying to see right. these characters right. come to life. So to complain about fan service in a comic book movie, it's kind of like... Yeah, <laughs> and the same thing has come up with yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, they're just like giving fans what they want. I'm like, yeah, who yeah. do you think's watching the freaking show? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I get it. Like, there's, yeah. some, there's some level of uh, people want what do you call it? Not continuity, but like, they want, you know, they sticking want, to the yeah. uh, canon. Like canon. canon is such a big deal. It's canon. not canon. That's not canon. I'm I like, mean, shut up. But or, I, I or mean. they're looking for like, they're, they're treating it like you're going to treat an art film or something. It'd right. Something really transgressive or something. It's like, well, if you can bring it in, yeah, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, that's not necessarily what this film is going to be there for. Right. There are other films that, you know, will be able to do that for you. Right. Right. Or that have already done that, that will scratch that itch. Right. (laughs) Right. I can't remember who used to say it, but someone in my life used to say, you don't go to the hardware store to buy a loaf of bread. (laughs) Like, if you're looking, did I? My my sister just told me that one. Really? (laughs) Just like, I mean, like. Within the past few days, like, she, yeah, she told me, like, it was yeah. in relation to oh, some yeah. sort of uh, like love trouble I was happening, but mm. I was looking for something from someone. Right. And my friend was like, Look, you're, <laughs> it's like barking up the wrong tree, yeah, right? Like, if you're completely. going to Avengers, like, why isn't this like, you know, uh, uh, like, it should be more like, uh, right, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm looking for Wuthering Heights here. No, yeah. no, you're not right. gonna get Wuthering Heights, right, 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 or even a Mike Lee movie or some sort of like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I could mention all the art yeah. film people, but uh, yeah, you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to get that. You're going to get yeah. something that is in many ways formulaic mm-hmm. because, that's, because that's the way comic books work. Yeah. yeah. These are our modern day serials now. These right. Are our, right. You know, these are, our, you, know, you know, Western or whatever. And we like it of, like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you want the candy and popcorn. Right. And I like it when things go off the map too. I'm yeah. certainly happy when I'm like, Ooh, I wouldn't have expected that from mm-hmm. this kind of movie, but I, I would never yeah. complain about a comic book movie being mm-hmm. comic booky. Yeah. Yeah. How did we get into this? You, you, is my fault. I feel like maybe I cut you off and then <laughs> no. we took off into another land of, no, no. how dare you? Well, well, this is our deep dives. So yeah. I, you know, swim around and find all the, you know, yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. So I, I dig it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything else that's been. I have something that's been like ping ponging around in my brain, but I could maybe save it for another episode. Yeah. Okay. We'll just put a pin hmm. in. The New Yorker articles about cults because they've Ooh. been really interesting. And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, is that your non cast? <laughs> that was my non cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a couple, like one about sort of why, why, why are cults? Mm. What are cults and why are cults? Mm. And then one about a, from a woman, um, Guinevere, Guinevere Turner, she's actually an actress and a director. Mm-hmm. I believe she, 
either wrote the screenplay for or directed. I think she wrote the screenplay for American Psycho. Mm. She's a queer person, someone like a one degree of separation kind of person yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. So she's in her. That movie freaked me. Oh, it's so upsetting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I know. Mean, I mean, that was one I've of only those. seen it once. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. And it, yeah, one and done. For a week, I was like, yeah, I might go back to it. Like, Do I really watch it? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it was good. Yeah. So she grew up in a in a cult. And it's, really? it's a story of how she, you know, how she was, like, basically forcibly removed from the cult. They have a, a branch in Massachusetts. Yeah, they're kind of, I, think I, I don't know if they're international or national. Mm, mm. Yeah, I don't have the article in front of me, but okay. so I think I Lyman is the yes, leader. The L-Y-M-A-N, the Lyman family. Yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, did, I did look at, I did look at uh, yeah, I think I read the first couple uh, paragraphs. Yeah, so she has, it's a first-person wow. narrative about being part of that cult and yeah. then, not you know she was told she had to leave the cult mm-hmm. you know and and sort of adjusting to life outside wow. and yeah, yeah super well written and mm-hmm. heavy but mm-hmm. but you know it, th- there was a really interesting piece about it where so she went to college and she was t- taking writing classes mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to critique her writing all they wanted to do was find out more about the cult she was in <laughs> and that's i think that's a really tricky tricky thing oh. when you've had the sort of traumatic or yeah. you know fantastical i don't mean fantastic i mean fantastical right. life yeah, experience like, right well yeah, nobody else has had that and they're really curious but right. at the same time it's like i am a person i am, yeah. <laughs> was a, a victim of this thing. right <laughs> right right don't treat me as an object or as a you know as a tape recorder that can play back exactly stuff, right you know? yeah um, but a great wow. yeah, yeah great you know great writing in that little known magazine in <laughs> <laughs> yeah in new york you, you've heard of it yeah uh, yeah i think you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so cool, that's, that's cool. all me right on uh, yeah i've been doing non-cast things that i was i think uh i had thought of something earlier but i promptly forgot it since i didn't write it down i will <laughs> we'll put I, a pin in that we'll put a pin in that i did uh get a copy of the Mueller report so i have kind of started reading the report itself but good job yeah i mean it's one of those things like okay well these are our sort of actual documents of you know what's going on in this historical juncture and it's kind of like ugh. but uh yeah it's yeah this is just like that's you know where you need the encouragement of like <laughs> seeing people who are talking about well here's how we can try to avoid the breakdown here's how we can start trying to fix what's going on in government so you know there you know so many podcasts that are really kind of digging into yeah. you know building real bridges as a and, and mending those you know serious gaping holes that are in kind of uh, you know, sort of the fabric of people's understanding about our you know, democracy and about the... I just got an alert on the way here about the new, I don't know, director of Homeland Security or something. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I'm not turning off the alerts, mm-hmm. but I never expect it to be good news because it never is. Yeah, I, I have turned off my alerts. Like, I don't I don't like the – I guess that's 
if any non-cast thing is my non-cast thing, it's like not getting news pushed at me in any way, shape, or form possible, not having it intrude, like being able to go and get it when I need to get it, but not having it like kind of impact me. I only just like reinstalled, uh, Instagram on my phone. For, you know. See, I think that falls under the category of self-care, Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, self-care, again, like overused phrase, but mm-hmm. I think it is part of taking care of yourself yeah. is being able to. Well, to put up boundaries. I mean, exactly. the way you're putting up yes. boundaries. Like it's good to know about what's going on in the world, but uh, to have it like to have it demand your attention in that sense. And yeah. Like totally derail. but to have it totally derail everything else that you're doing or you know your you know whether it's your you know your attention in terms of your focus on work or life or whatever you're doing or if it's just you know kind of where you are intentionally you know you put yourself you've done the work to put yourself in a good mindset and then the news comes intruding and hey hey did you hear about blah 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 and all this all this (laughs) you know it's like okay you know what i'm in this space right now i don't need that intruding just yet. I will seek that out. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of, a, yeah, it's a luxury in our lives when we don't have awful stuff that we're kind of dealing with immediately. But I think for anybody, wherever you are, you kind of have to be able to, you know, uh, you know, kind of select your spaces and yeah. as, as far as possible and, and sort of, you know, and, and part of it is sort of compartmentalizing and containing those things that, you know, and, and evaluating them well, what do I actually have to have kind of yeah. getting, you know, shoved in front of me or, you know, demanding my attention versus those things that, well, okay, I literally can't help it. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, but so. there are some things you get to choose yeah, and you exactly. gotta, you have to hold on to those choices exactly. as long as you have them. Exactly. <laughs> Cause who knows? <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. So, yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up? I think so. So, uh, well, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the recommendations we made and we uh, look forward to hearing more from you. That's right. Um, So we're at Castopod, C-A-S-T-O-P-O-D-S on Instagram and on Twitter. We have very few Twitter followers because we never use Twitter. (laughs) Bad on us. Um, Instagram's really where you should look for us, I think. That's probably the better channel. The more reliable channel. Elozi, I guess, hasn't installed on his phone again. (laughs) Installed. Oh, I just sniffed. So, well, then you can also uh, email your recommendations Recommendations to us at uh, castopods at gmail.com. Again, that's C A S T O P O D S at gmail.com. And please, we would love it if you would rate us and review us on iTunes. I I think I'd love, like, the idea of getting a review is so exciting to me, even if it's someone saying, like, I hate vocal fry or something. (laughs) Just <laughs> that's how okay, thir- that's how thirsty I am. <laughs> so yeah, send us your I hate vocal fries. <laughs> We're gonna get inundated with them now. No. Um, <laughs> well, you don't have vocal fry. Uh, I do. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have a great one. Oh, credits. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, our music, uh, is, our music by... is by Black Bottom Collective, both intro and outro. And our logo is by Sam, Sam Holland, Holland, graphic designer extraordinaire. And uh, we do the production. That's right. And uh, yeah. so we'll, uh... I love how I was ready to be like, goodbye, everyone, now. <laughs> well, we do the 
in studio engineering. That That's is. right. And then we uh, our audio production is by podcast Rocket? podcast rocket. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they've been uh, good to us so far. So they've if you've been, been enjoying the quality, uh, let us know, and we uh, we have the link to their service in our show notes, which you can find both on your app as well as the website so always check out the show notes for the links to the items we've discussed in the show because we discuss a lot of items yeah. <laughs> until next time take it easy bye bye